Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Ducks fans. Welcome to another episode of The Quack Report. This is usually where I just throw it right over to Nate right away. But Nate, if, if you guys are watching this, you'll, you'll notice right away, Nate is not present for the stream today. But don't worry, I am not alone. We have Griffin and Christian from the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, the Colorado Avalanche podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. So let's give a nice warm Quack Report. California, welcome to the, uh, the Abs boys here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's the most applause we've ever heard. <laughs> you guys are too kind. We've got a great audience out here today. I really appreciate yeah, yeah. it. We've got a great live studio audience as always. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I really appreciate you guys coming on so I don't have to fly solo for this one. Um, as, as the Ducks hashtag is on Twitter, we fly together. So much appreciated. And, you know, we're, we're definitely not even like close to the same league this season um <laughs> the the ducks and the abs so you know there isn't even any like weird tension for like you know playoff battles or anything like that you guys are up doing your thing we're down doing our thing it's it's pretty great so yeah comes comes with the territory sometimes we, we've been down in the gutters there before but we ended up with kale mccarr out of it and who knows maybe the ducks can end up with Connor bedard out of the deal by the end of this yeah, right. Yeah, that that would be a pretty sweet consolation prize. That's uh, we, we've really been talking about that since like I don't know December. Like, oh yeah, Connor Bedard can't wait to have him on the team. Like him and Zegers are going to look so good. Like we were just writing off the season like so long ago. But I'm sure there's only. Well, what what are your guys' thoughts with Mason McTavish? Because I've liked the way he's played so far. But do you think he has yeah. that chance to live up to that top five pick potential? I think so. Yeah, I think he's looked pretty great in uh, his rookie season. Like. It's kind of been mostly Beneers, I guess, has been like the Calder guy for the majority of the season. Um, like, you know, you could kind of throw McTavish's name in there as like a nominee, but I don't think anyone would really say that he w- would be someone who would take it from Beneers. So, um, yeah, no, we've been happy with his play. He's got room to grow, but like he's shown a lot of great things and he's he's worked his way up the lineup. So, yeah, pretty pretty happy, I would say. I just like him because he has a very similar beard to what I have, so it makes me feel a little bit better about the uh, the facial hair. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and obviously you guys are 
pretty happy with where you are. I think as of now, you're still first in the division. Is that right? Just yep. ahead of well, Dallas? Well, or? I mean, by the end of today, we won't be. But the Avalanche do control their own destiny. The Stars mm-hmm. are right now 40 seconds away from oh, okay. retaking the lead. But the Avalanche still have two games left. And if they win both games, they win the division. So as long as we take care of business, this result's not going to matter too much to us. The Stars will play the Blues again tomorrow. And if they lose that game, then the Avalanche can, I believe, Christian, correct me if I'm wrong, clinch the Central with a win over the Jets if the Stars do lose in regulation tomorrow, right? Correct. Correct. Thought. Okay. So it we all have to be Blues fans, which is the one of my least favorite <laughs> things to do. Um Thank God so, it was better or worse than day. cheering for the wild. <laughs> better. Eh, it's, yeah, it's better. It's, it's better. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it's like, would you rather get shot or stabbed? Like, I, yeah. <laughs> like as Both long are as unpleasant. Miss, yeah. As long as you miss a vital organ, you know, just take your pick. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Um, obviously, the Colorado Avalanche coming off of a big Stanley Cup win last season. Um, this season, like, I, I think you guys were, you know, probably pretty comfortable that you guys were going to make the playoffs and um you, you know that you, there, there hasn't really been any doubt behind that you guys have been in a playoff position pretty much all year long um but do you guys feel that it doesn't really matter like where you finish in the playoffs like you could be top in the division or you could be wild card too like you just know as long as the avs get in that they'll have a pretty good shot at um you know defending the title or do you think that they still like Obviously, you want your team to win and like be in the best position possible. But like, would you kind of be indifferent to where they would finish in the playoffs? Or? I mean, back in back in January, we were starting to have that conversation. Like after the Avs lost to the Blackhawks and were sitting outside of the playoffs, mm-hmm. as long as we got in, we would have been happy at that point. But here at this point, where the Avalanche control their own destiny, they've been rattling off win over win mm-hmm. since the All Star break and have been on almost like a hundred and. 20 point pace since the all-star break when it's right there in your sight you kind of care a little bit about Mm -hmm. the division but if they end up dropping one of these final two games and finish second and play the wild it's really not the end of the world because the avalanche are going to get healthy over the next week they're going to get mccarr back in the lineup they're going to get josh manson an old friend back Mm -hmm. in the lineup and they're going to get artery lekkinen back they are still the team to beat in the West, whether they have home ice advantage in the second round and beyond or not. Mm-hmm. But this team is just so good when they're healthy. Like, yeah, it'd be great to win the division. They've worked really hard to do so over yeah. the last several months, but it's not the end of the world, you know? Yeah, fair. You kind of feel the same way, Christian? Or? Yeah, I do. It's funny. This team's been better on the road this year. Like, they they mm-hmm. win more on the road than they do at home. I think they're on, like, a 10-game road win streak right now. Um, so oh, wow. I, I kind of feel the same way. Definitely. You would love to have home ice because home ice is so important, especially at ball arena where it's just electric, uh, every mm-hmm. playoff game. So you definitely want home ice, but I mean, we saw it in the playoffs last year, this team only lost one game on the road, the entire playoff run. So they're comfortable yeah. on the road. <laughs> this team can do it. So you would love to have home ice. And like Griffin says, they've worked their way back up. They were 11 points back at like, mid-January and they fought all the way back to controlling their own destiny to win the division so it's right there might as well get it and I personally would rather face the Kraken than the Wild that's just kind of where I'm Mm. at for the first round yeah we just talked about it on our show where it's like I would like to have hair on the top of my head by the time that Wild series is (laughs) over and that would just be the most stressful series of all time but 
Lucky for me, uh, I mean, nothing to worry about because my hair is already gone. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd like to keep the little bit I have still. So uh, I feel good about this team wherever they go, wherever they play. But uh, home ice is definitely something that uh, I think every team strives to get, and it's like the one goal you have at the, for the regular season is to win your division and get home ice throughout the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, like you said, when you guys were comfortably out of a, well, not comfortably, but when you were out of a playoff spot, you would have been comfortable in uh, like the wild card two spot, oh, yeah. even like you, you would have taken yeah. kind of whatever you could get. Um, but also at the same time, no one wants to be second either. So like when you're that close to first in the division, second almost feels like a loss in a way. Like you, you almost feel like the guy that just squeaked into the wild card is a lot happier with their team than the team that is like, you know, one or two points shy of the uh, the top in the division. So yeah, you know, it's yeah, it definitely different. makes sense. It's different when you control your own destiny and mm-hmm. win the division. Because if we were like right now, two points behind Dallas and they controlled their own destiny and we didn't win the Central, I don't think we'd be too bothered by it. But since it's right there in your grasp, if you don't get it, it's not the end of the world, but be a little disappointing. And you, you want to have as much momentum as possible going into the playoffs at this point. Yeah. No, for sure. So, yeah. Um, well, I do have some more playoff uh, questions for you, but we'll save it just kind of for the end if we if we have time for this because I don't want to keep you guys too long. Um, but because this is a Ducks show and the Avs and Ducks just recently played, I wanted to chat a little bit about the game between those two teams because I think it was a lot closer and a lot more exciting than anybody, myself included, Ducks fans included, thought this was going to be. I think, uh, yeah, we wrote down our score predictions uh, Nate and I for this one. He he actually thought it would be closer at f- a four two Colorado win. I I had a v- very low standards for this team. I, I said seven two Colorado win. Um, so a five four overtime loss for the Ducks. Uh, you know was a lot more interesting I think than anybody thought. Um, Ducks were up four two at one point, about halfway through the third is I think kind of when they scored that. Yep. Um, insurance goal i guess but then the abs power play kind of just went to work and scored three goals um two in regulation to tie it and then obviously the game winner in overtime so um yeah just uh i I think really showing (laughs) just how dominant the the abs can be especially on the power play in that game um and and i don't know i Honestly, I think the Ducks just kind of showed up like, okay, this is the last challenge we have this season. Let's show that like we're not going to be the worst team in the league, even if we finish bottom of the standings. Like, you know, we can still give the defending cup champs a run for their money. So um, I don't know. What did you guys see in that game? Was that maybe the Colorado Avalanche's B game? You, you talked already about injuries. Uh, so uh, was that maybe why that this game was a little bit closer? Or what do you think kind of happened in this one in general? I think it was a combination of the Avalanche were on the second half of back-to-back, but I believe the Ducks Mm -hmm. were as well. It was Pavel Francouz's first game in about two months. Wasn't the greatest performance from him, especially in that stretch where he allowed four on Mm -hmm. seven shots. And when you're this close to the playoffs, that adrenaline just isn't there for a lot of these games. And for the Ducks, this was kind of the last send-off for this team Mm -hmm. before the end of the season, before a couple of games towards the very end, like you said, the defending champs in your building for one last time, the avalanche, they started the game pretty well up two to nothing pretty early on. We all thought it was going to end up looking like it did the last time we played the ducks where it was another lopsided abs win, but it was credit to the ducks. They ended up sticking around for a while and the abs, Mm -hmm. they just, 
I don't want to say they weren't into the game, but they were definitely thinking about that Oilers game they ended up having on Tuesday mm-hmm. and playoffs that were going to be in about a week and a half at that point. You looked at a lot of the expected goals of the game. The Avalanche, I believe, had it about 5-2 to two at that point. It just yeah. Pavel Francos didn't have the best night in his return, led in some goals that pretty low danger chances, mm-hmm. but the Avalanche, they took advantage of power plays late in the third period, and they were able to get Nathan McKinnon to to net the winner. And this team, they've been resilient all year long. I mean, you know you don't usually want those games against teams like the Ducks towards the bottom of the stands to get super close, but you do still have to find ways to win when things are going bad because for some reason the Ducks have given this team fits this season. You go back to January and their Mm -hmm. first meeting with Pavel Francouz and Net, where the Avalanche had a 3-1 to lead in that game and ended up losing it in regulation i mean some of the ducks have been able to to catch this team sleeping and because of some power plays late in the third the abs are able to recover yeah um i haven't really watched a ton of abs outside of when they're playing the ducks or the oilers because the oilers were my other allegiance <laughs> lies but um the is that kind of been like par for the course for pavel Franco's this year like has he just kind of been I don't want to say like bad, but like maybe inconsistent or, or not quite up to um, expectation. Or is it just the, the Ducks just seem to have his number and he's been fine the rest of the year? I think it's more that he's he hasn't gotten consistent playing time. He's been battling injuries all year long. Yeah. So we know Pavel Francouz is a good backup goalie. I mean, he won all four or five of the games he played in the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, was six. He won all six that he started. So he can be a good goaltender. It's just injuries have been derailing his season so far, uh, and he hasn't been able to get into like a constant rhythm. So okay. I have no concerns about Frankie other than if he stays healthy, we'll be fine. But him not being healthy has really slowed him down this year. Yeah, and you go back to some of his other performances. Like back in November and December when he was healthy, me and Christian would talk on the show plenty that between Georgiev and Frankie, there's not a – not a discernible difference when they play. The Avs get the saves they need just fine, and it wasn't until Frankie really started to go out after the Christmas break. He he hurt himself somehow over mm-hmm. Christmas break and struggled a little bit coming back and then played pretty well following that up. And really that first Ducks game was kind of an anomaly because he played pretty well coming into it. And then coming out of one of the breaks after the All-Star break, he got hurt again, and this was his first game in two months. So this was seemingly almost another anomaly. The Ducks have just seemingly caught him on bad nights this year. Okay, yeah. So it's not even that the Ducks really have his number. It's just, you know, like you said, bad timing. So, yeah. Um, so you guys' tandem uh, is Georgiev and Franco's, right? Georgiev, I think he, he was injured for a portion of this year as well, was he? No, no, no he's, he's been healthy, been healthy he's been all healthy? year, thank the Lord. Okay. Okay, yeah, well, I'll been... knock on wood then. I don't want to jinx anything. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, definitely not, um, you know, Kemper, who you guys had last year. But, um, I, I mean, I think Georgiev has lived up to the standard. And I, I think this year outplayed Kemper in Washington. So, uh, I think just I, from an I, outsider's I, perspective, you guys look like you're you're pretty good going into the playoffs with that yeah. tandem. So I'd argue he's been better than Kemper last year, at least more consistently. Okay. Kemper's, Kemper's highs were very high. But he definitely had his moments where it wasn't his best. With Georgiev, 
maybe he doesn't have the 970 that Kemper would have every now and again and make 50 saves, but mm-hmm. he's just been so consistent. Night you at least know what you're getting night in and night out. With and even then, uh, last night against the Oilers, he still had a 950 and was able yeah. to get to a point. Uh, mm-hmm. Last week against the Kings, he was the only reason that they won that game. Like I, I prefer having Georgiev in net this season over Kemper just because he's been so consistent. And it's not even like consistent means 9-10. He's been consistently up in the 9-20s. He's second in the league and wins, has a 9-19 tied with UC Soros. And if I had a Vesna vote, I'd probably have him fifth, maybe even sixth on the ballot. He'd, he'd be in the conversation for sure. He'd at least yeah. be close. Yeah. yeah. No. Because I, I wanted to talk about uh, in that game – Dostal is your guys' next big goalie, right? Like after Gibson, yeah. Dostal is supposed to be the next big one. What mm-hmm. What do you think the Ducks are going to do with John Gibson? Because he's been rumored to be traded for two plus years now, and he's just not getting moved. I th- I think he's better than what the stats have shown these past couple of years. And John Gibson mm-hmm. has always been a terror for the Avalanche. I don't know what it is. I just go back to that COVID shortened season where he made like. 45 saves in one game and the ducks didn't have a single shot in the third period and they won like Mm -hmm. what do you think the ducks are going to do with john gibson are they going to keep a hold of him or are they going to give the full reign to dostal well it's at least under dallas eakins which hopefully he's not back next season that's that's the one thing that we're looking forward to at the end of the season is that eakins is gone but under eakins Gibson has always been the guy that he goes back to. Like, it doesn't matter if Dostal or uh, Stellars or, or whoever we have backing him up, like, puts up a shutout. The next night, John Gibson is back in net. Like, he's kind of just given the reins and, like, he's given kind of every pass. Like, it doesn't matter how bad the game is before. He always gets the next one sort of thing unless it's the second half of a back-to-back. So, like, it, it's, I think it, even for a new coach coming in, it's going to be hard to just like hand, say, 40 games, like half the season, even like 30 games to Dostal, um, just because Gibson is used to and kind of expects, you know, starter numbers, like not 1A, he expects like number one in, in games played, like, you know, 65, 70 games. Um, but when we do play with more of a tandem situation like even just like two games for Gibson one for whoever the backup is and just kind of that rotation Gibson's a lot more consistent so I I don't know I hope that whoever comes in as coach next year moves towards more of a tandem situation and I would really love to see Gibson and Dostal be a tandem for a couple of years um one just because I think Dostal can learn a lot from Gibson but two I just don't think teams are able to take on Gibson's uh contract like 6.4 million for a yeah yeah he's a great goalie but 6.4 for one goalie is a lot in the salary cap well in, in this type of salary cap era where it's not going up by a whole lot so um and if, if he does want to be moved I think he would want to go to a contender I believe he has some sort of trade clause I, I can't remember off the top of my head but um like he he wouldn't want to go to, you know, say the the Columbuses of the team because you, you, it's it's really a lateral move from Anaheim. Um, but yeah, I just don't think the contenders have the space for a starting goalie at that cap hit plus a backup, or they already have their starting goalie figured out and making a lot of money. So um, I, I think he stays around in Anaheim just for those couple reasons. 
Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize he still had four years left on that deal. And I checked on mm-hmm. that no trade clause. He has a 10 team no trade list. So there, okay. could there could definitely be some teams that may be mm-hmm. below that playoff line right now that he can still get moved to. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought it was like, oh, there's probably two years left. It can't be that he bad. Has four no. years? Oh yeah. I think they signed Holy. that in 2018 and it didn't kick in until 2019. And 2027 at 6.4 is when that deal expires. Yeah, so I mean, six point four is not a bad number for what what he usually does, but yeah, it's it's still hard to move. And yeah, for four more years too, like you, if you're Anaheim, you don't want to retain that for four years. Like you don't want to not like no no part of that do you want to retain when you have a bunch of young guys coming up that you're going to need to sign within those four years. So, well, because even yeah. I think the ABS for Frankie, Francois, and Georgia, if we pay like five point five combined for both of them, so yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. It it makes sense why you can't move him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I mean I don't know. I I think like if the deal was right, um, and you know it, you could come up with something that was like money in and money out. Like you know I, I look at a team like I don't know say Toronto off the top of my head. Like they have a surplus of forwards. I'm sure that they could give up you know somebody that's or a couple guys that are comparable in uh, dollar value to Gibson's cap hit. And you know it could maybe work that way. Say two forwards each at around $3 million for Gibson. Like, I, I, I don't know. I could see something like that happening, but there's no way like it happens with retention on either side. So, and, and that was just me pulling something out. I don't know if, you know, Toronto would even be interested, but I mean, there is history there in, in terms of Toronto trading for Anaheim goaltenders. So we'll, we'll see, but <laughs> yeah. Um, in, uh, in this game, I, I like, I, I knew that McKinnon and Rantanen, we're having really, really good seasons, but man, did it really show in this one. Rantanen with a uh, couple of goals, McKinnon with a couple of goals. Um, they were both at 100 points already at this point, were they not? So, um, yeah, just thoughts on their seasons, especially without, you know, Gabe Landeskog and just how those guys have stepped up this year. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Miko Rantanen and the stuff he's had to deal with this season, not only not having Gabe, but there was a portion in December and January where McKinnon was out. And around the time of early December, he was the only top six winger left where he was having Mm -hmm. centered by Alex Newhook. And on his other wing was Charles Houdon, Mm -hmm. where this team was having to play teams like the Boston Bruins and the New York Rangers with really only Miko Rantanen as the only threat on the offense at that point, which is how decimated that this team was. Mm -hmm. And he's put up the best season of his career, bar none, and scored goal 54, 53 and 54 in this game against the Ducks, has Mm -hmm. lapped 100 points for the first time this season. And Nathan McKinnon, while he missed 12 games, has been equally impressive as well and is having the best season of his career as well and has even more points than Miko at this Mm -hmm. rate. And if he didn't miss any games, would probably be on a 120-point pace right now, 120, 130, leads the league in even strength points entirely like these two have been just absolutely unbelievable and when you have a situation like this in the ducks game where they're going to get four straight opportunities on the power play and a couple of them at five on three as well it's Mm -hmm. just a guarantee at that point that they're going to cash in eventually yeah oh for sure yeah uh yeah this miko previous career high 92 points and yeah he's blown that out of the water at 102 now still with a couple games to go so yeah. Sorry, Christian. I didn't mean to cut. No, you. no, you're good. You're good. I was just going to say like this game was more 
uh, I think the Ducks went out of their way to lose it than the Avs <laughs> went out of their way to win it. Um, yeah. The penalties the Ducks took were just so – like you can see why this team is as far down in the standings as they are mm-hmm. because it was just – three straight power plays for the abs late in the third period. And the ducks had killed off the first couple, but then all of a sudden it just, it clicked for the abs and they were able to get it going. So Mm -hmm. I, I I would love to say the abs won this game, but this was more the ducks lost this game. Like, yeah, that's a a totally fair assessment. Yeah. Yeah. It was a masterful tanking job by them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They made it look like they wanted to win it and uh, then just, you know, lost brilliantly. It's just to disguise the fact that they're going for Bedard a little bit. So, Um, yeah. Another thing uh, here is Drew Hellison made his NHL debut in this one. Um, I I mean, didn't play any games for the Avs, but was a uh, Avs prospect um, before he was sent over to the Ducks in the Josh Manson deal at the last trade deadline. Um, in his debut, Drew Hellison, minus one in 13 minutes and 30 seconds time on ice. So, um, I mean, when, when your NHL debut is against the Colorado Avalanche, I think a minus one is, is okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I thought I thought he was good. I don't know if you guys paid too much attention to Hellison with him being a former Avs prospect or, or not. But um, it, was, it was very cool to see him get his debut against the Avalanche. The only thing missing is that Josh Manson – wasn't playing yeah. in this game. And when you look at that trade as a whole, it's it's just one of those moves that is perfect for both sides. Josh Manson has become such an important part of this defense, which we have learned very painfully because we haven't had him for most of the season. Mm-hmm. And when he has been in the lineup, you can very much tell the difference with this team. And when he's out, there's, there's a hole that they've tried really hard to fill, but no one has been able to do that with Josh Manson. And Drew Hellison, I saw he got a goal last night mm-hmm. as well, his first of his career, is yeah. probably going to be a guy that sticks around in, in the Ducks' top four for, for quite a while. He's a very talented defenseman and fits the Ducks' timeline a lot more than he did the Abs because there was a rumor around that deadline, I believe, that Hellison probably wouldn't even have signed here because there was just no room in the mm-hmm. system with McCarr and Taze and Byram and Gerard and like Sean Barron's potentially ahead of him in the prospect pool as well. There's a real chance that even if he did sign in Colorado, he's probably not even making his debut. Probably wouldn't even have made it this year, probably talking next year at the earliest, but a trade mm-hmm. seemed like the only reasonable way forward for him. And I'm glad he found yeah. a good spot in Anaheim. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah I, I, I didn't watch too much of him, but uh, you just kind of hear through Twitter and like reading articles about how good this kid is. And uh, I, I hope he works out in, uh, in Anaheim, kind of like the same way we hope Justin Barron works out in Montreal. Like they, mm-hmm. they were good draft picks and just didn't have the space here in Colorado. So I would, uh, I would be interested to see how he does. But just like what Griffin said, he fits the Ducks timeline more. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what in the, is Jamie Drysdale hurt? What happened to him? Yeah, he only played a few games this season. He got um, hit like pretty early on uh, in the the year, just like nothing malicious, just like an awkward rub out along the boards and like dislocated his shoulder. And he's been skating for about a month, but um, not quite ready to come back. And then at a certain point, they're just like, I mean, like, what are you, what are you going to do to help? Like, we're already out of the playoffs. Like, there's no point bringing you into this season. Like, at, at 90, 95% even, like, let's wait until you're 100%. So yeah, he, he's barely played, but yeah. Yeah, because now you have him and Hellison. That's a pretty good two defenders to have that are young defenders oh, yeah. that... 
hopefully can stick around in your top four. So it, it's, it was a win-win trade for both teams. Uh, when you look back in that Josh Manson, you know, we don't win the cup without Josh Manson and mm-hmm. the ducks get younger and more control at a more cost-effective uh, player with uh, Drew Hellison. Cause Manson, like there were rumors he was going to resign with the ducks in the off season. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if any of them were actually true, but uh, I'm glad he stuck around in Colorado. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was an uh, alternate captain in Anaheim. And I, I know that him and his wife or, or partner, I couldn't remember if they were married at the time, um, but they uh, I, they both loved it in Anaheim's and, and said so. So like, I think there was it, just speculation generated that way. I don't know if he still wears the A in um, in Colorado, but I think he's definitely made himself a big part of the locker room and the leadership group kind of regardless. So yeah. It def- definitely has, but the 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 captain crowd is pretty crowded. Oh yes, <laughs> I, I could imagine. Yeah, I Landis, didn't think he would, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Landis Gog, EJ McKinnon, Rantanen, McCarr. There's a whole bunch of guys on this team, but yeah, everyone loves Josh Manson, and he fit into this room the second he stepped foot mm-hmm. in that locker room. He's just such a great guy, such a likable guy, and a huge physical presence for the app. Yeah. At, they had, like I said, had severely missed this season with mm-hmm. um, unfortunately some of his lower body injury, but he's going to be part of that reinforcements that the Avs get back for game one of the playoffs. And I tell you, the difference is going to be immediate with him back. Especially with how playoff hockey is just like that much more physical. Like it, loved it. Josh Manson was built for the playoffs. He so. loved the playoffs. I mean, yeah. you go back to last year's playoffs. And when we acquired Josh Manson, we weren't expecting him to be like a stud or anything like that. It's like, yeah, round out your defense, really good physical defensive defensive presence. He scored some huge goals for this team in the playoffs. You go to game one against St. Louis, obviously the overtime winner, scored a huge one in Edmonton as well, scored a couple of big ones in the Stanley Cup final. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he loves playoff hockey more than everything. Ma- the brighter the lights are, he shines. Yeah. Well, and he made that big save in game six against St. Louis. Remember that too? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he does it all. The guy just yeah. did nothing wrong in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, l- the last thing I had about this game here uh, was just at the very end. I don't know if you guys caught it on the TNT broadcast, but uh, Strom throwing the water bottle at the, the refs. Um, obviously, not happy with the call that um, led to the, the power play um, that then led to the game winner. Uh, Strom was fined $5,000, max allowable under the C. CBA, as always. Um, and yeah, I mean, like obviously he wasn't going to get suspended for that, but I don't think anyone's shocked about the fine either. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Did you guys catch the water bottle well, toss it, there? It's from not the, bench? the first time we've had water bottles thrown at us between last year and Jordan Bennington. At, yeah. least, at least it wasn't thrown at one of our players this time. I understand, yeah. I understand where Strom's coming from, but yeah. also I would ask him, is, not, is this not the perfect scenario in this game? where you get to drag the avalanche to overtime, lose, and help yourself out in the Bedard race and get the excuse that you were screwed by the refs, so it didn't matter anyway. Yeah, I mean, right. To me, it just seemed like the perfect ending for the Ducks. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like he was kind of overselling it there. Like, yeah. oh, man, I'm so upset. No. And then he goes to the dressing room and cracks a beer open. And yeah, good night. <laughs> so I mean, Good night. We're looking good, but yeah. Yeah, I I, yeah. I I think it was it was funny. It, it was not malicious. The penalty mm-hmm. was a hilarious penalty. Um, that's been called on the abs so many times this year. So it was mm-hmm. good to be on the right side of that call for once. Do yeah. I love it? 
no, but I mean, he, he literally just went out of his way to hit Rodriguez. Uh, I think it was Vetrano, right? Yeah, he just went so, out of yeah. his way to, to bump into Rodriguez. Like, he didn't have to make that play at all. Yeah, yeah. he could have just kept skating. Yeah, there was yeah. no reason to make that play. Yeah, no, it's, and I mean, that's kind of been the duck story all year is just like dumb penalties. Like, that. that's that's really all it comes down to. So, um, yeah, and I mean, is is that them just trying to you know sell the or not sell the tank, but hide the tank a little bit and just yeah, like, so you can blame the refs or like so upset are, about, we're so upset about this loss, yeah, <laughs> we cannot believe this happened as we took four straight penalties. It's like I said on the show to you, Christian, a couple of days ago. It's almost like they weren't expecting to be winning at this point. We're trying to very quickly make up for it, and maybe they weren't expecting those shots on Francois to actually end up going in. And so they're desperate, like, wait, we don't actually want this. We're trying to we're trying to race with the Blackhawks right now for for those best odds in the in the Bedard race. So I mean, mm-hmm. if he's trying to sell it, he, he did a good job. Cost him five K, yeah. but yeah, yeah, exactly. My money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for him, that's that's not much. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably a night out for dinner for Ryan Strom. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else about this game that you wanted to uh, to, to highlight there, or, or just rub some salt in the wound? I mean, you, you can because we're happy to lose. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's anything I can say to the Ducks right now that would hurt them. I think they're doing exactly what they want right now. This game yeah. definitely did get my playoff juices flowing a little mm-hmm. bit because it was the kind of game where it's like you you need two points out of this, mm-hmm. especially going into that Edmonton game where. Yeah. It's going to be a tough one to win because the Oilers have been red hot and you have big games against Winnipeg and Nashville to end the season, who at that point were still fighting for their playoff lives. Whereas like you really can't afford to lose this in regulation right now. So that started to get pretty like, you kind of need this. I was getting a little nervous. So I was glad they ended up pulling it out. And it was good prep for the playoffs of getting nervous and how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally fair. So, yeah, yep. I mean, I... I I don't really have anything to say. I, I, I think the Ducks are building uh, the right way. I like Zegras. I like McTavish. Uh, when Drysdale comes back, you got Hellison. The The future, if they can land Connor Bedard or Fantilli, would be very bright for the Ducks. So I, I, I think oh, yes. I, I think they're closer than people want to give them credit. And if they can hit this draft pick the right way, the Ducks are going to be right back to the team we thought they were um, five years ago. So, yeah. uh, just, uh, my, my word to ducks fans as an Avs fan who went through the 2016, 2017 season, it, it gets better. It does. It does get yeah. better. <laughs> you can only <laughs> go so low Kale and then it's it just, it's up from there. Yeah. yeah. You can only go so low. They're all there. We got killed the car. Like it, it, it turns yeah. around. It can turn around quickly if you draft the right pieces and keep signing the right free agents. So, um, I, I'm going to enjoy the days while we can still beat the Ducks while we can because I, I think the Ducks are coming. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, no, n- not the not to take anything away from Pat Verbeek, but yeah, uh, I really wish we could clone Joe Sackick because what he did <laughs> to turn around the the Colorado Avalanche in those couple cool. of years is just nuts. Yeah, yeah, he, he was the same way. Sackick was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was on the hot seat. Some people oh, thought yeah. Sackick yeah. was going to get fired, um, and he he just he actually hit on all of the top ten draft picks that they had. And all of them have been turned into superstars. And then he took advantage of teams trying to get dump off some cap. And you get Devon Taves, you get Sam Gerrard and Bo Byram from a desperate Ottawa and Nashville team. So it just takes the couple right moves that can put your team exactly where you want to be in the future. 
Yeah. Don't forget Berkey, Christian. Can't forget my guy. Don't forget Berkey. I kept, sorry, sorry. And Grubauer. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it's, if you can keep making the right moves, you'll be good. So just, uh, just continue being patient ducks fans. It'll, it'll get better. I promise. There we go. Perfect. Um, <laughs> we got uh, we got Nate jumping in the chat oh, here. He couldn't no. be bothered to show up to, to the live stream, but he's going to come into the, the chat asking, Nate's Hey, got- where's that good looking Nate guy? Nate, you can send me your paycheck for this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have Rory jumping in the chat here saying, uh, Henrik, the franchise killer this week. Yeah, he's been pretty solid. And, Adam uh, Henrik, future Av. That's an off-season trade. I wanted him at the deadline. But oh, yeah. I, I can still, I haven't thought about that in a while, actually. But now seeing that reminds me, of, I, w- I wouldn't mind Adam Henrik in an Avs jersey if they can pull that off in the off-season. Yeah, I mean, I'd hate to see him go, but I mean, he, he'd have a good shot at the cup in the next couple of years if he went there so yeah uh rory also saying also glad also glad that the pens are now officially out uh with the new york islanders win they, they clinched that last life. spot waited, <laughs> waited my your... whole life for this since i was yeah. years old i've waited for the penguins to miss the playoffs this is the first <laughs> time anyone has seen me since the penguins have missed the playoffs so you guys are lucky this is wow incredible moments as yeah. some people might not know also capitals fans so suffered oh yeah quite a bit for a while <laughs> and since the capture i'm very glad to see the penguins getting dragged down with us yeah yeah first time in yeah like you said 16 years so um and then yeah tomorrow's game uh, versus the jackets could be quite interesting hawks easily could beat the dumpster fire flyers so yeah things are looking good for the anaheim ducks to get those best overall odds at connor bedard yeah with, i uh, mean if the blue jackets win and i think Right now, the Blackhawks hold the tiebreaker. So as mm-hmm. long as the Ducks lose tomorrow, they are guaranteed at least the second overall pick. At worst case scenario, the fourth overall pick if two teams below them move up. And if the yeah. Blue Jackets win, they will have the best odds at Connor Bedard. If they just hold, hold steady at 58 points, the Blackhawks cannot move ahead of them unless the Ducks do something silly like win. Yeah, which it's against the LA Kings, so like they're going to show up for that game. But also, can we actually beat the Kings? Yeah. It's I don't know. It could go either way. We're going to try so hard that we're going to take ten penalties. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've got one last question for you guys, and then I'll I'll let you get going here. But um, we we've already kind of talked about the Avs uh, in the playoffs, both last year and this coming year, and and how good it, it's going to be. Um, how you know they're probably one of the favorites to come out of the West, um, and you know they have Josh Manson, they have Andrew Cogliano, former Ducks there. So you know we we always cheer for former Ducks, but um, just in case anyone's not quite aboard the uh, Avs bandwagon, what uh, what would you say to uh, Ducks listeners here to convince them to come over to the dark side? I mean, if you like winning, it's a pretty good spot to be recently. <laughs> Defending champ, not too bad to be. And like, what are you going to eat? No, no offense, Carter. You're going to cheer for the Oilers? Oh, come on, guys! Really? The Wild? Come on, come be come be on the dark side with the winners. We know how to do it. <laughs> there you go. I'll Can't be, argue be, with that. Yeah, I'll be. Uh, we are. I, I I think the Avs get like Avs players get hated on for no reason. Like for some reason, Kale McCarr is not a likable player. Um, and I don't yeah. get that. He's one of the most likable uh, personalities in the NHL. 
just come and hang out with Kale McCarr. He's he's the best defenseman in the world. Uh, you got Nathan uh, McKinnon and Miko Rantanen. Miko Rantanen's great. Um, and like you said, you have Josh Manson and Andrew Cogliano, former Ducks. So keep cheering for them. And uh, just remember all the nice words that Griffin and I just said about the Ducks uh, on this podcast. So that should be uh, that, that should be a good enough reason to come and uh, come and cheer on the Avs. Uh, and I mean, who? It's Connor McDavid. He's okay. He's not the greatest. So why why would you cheer for him? Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think if you enjoy high pace uh, or fast pace, high octane offense, come watch come watch the Avs. They're really fun to watch. There you go. I can't argue with that, and I try and leave my Oilers bias at the door, so I won't say too much <laughs> to, to, in uh, rebuttal there. But uh, thank you guys very much for coming on and uh, and filling in in Nate's absence. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, where where can people find you if they want to, uh, you know, listen to you guys? Because I'm sure you'll be doing stuff all throughout the Avs playoff run. Oh, are we ever? First, I must say I missed everything Christian said because my computer was freezing. So all I heard was Christian saying "uh" twenty times. I don't know if you guys saw the look of panic on my face as I was desperately no. trying to stop my laptop from crashing. <laughs> no. Christian, I'm sure whatever you said was much nicer than what I said and very beautifully spoken and pointed. So I appreciate whatever you said. I don't know what you said. It was very nice. Yeah. I appreciate yeah, your kind of the abs that I was much less cocky than mine. But anyway, if you want to listen to more of us, you can find us wherever you get your podcast. The Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter at Tell It Abs It Is. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow me at G Young's NHL. We've got a loaded schedule coming up for obviously the next, hopefully two months. We're going to have plenty of series preview coming out before game one on hopefully Tuesday or Wednesday, I believe, probably Tuesday for the Avs because of the Nuggets. But we're going to have plenty of series preview. And after every playoff game, night of, we're going to be recording, have an episode out the next morning for however long the Avs playoff run goes. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm sorry to Ducks fans that you're going to miss out on for this year. But if Connor Bedard's back in that mix next season with Trevor Zegris, Mason McTavish. It might not be too long before you guys are joining us again. But again, the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, Hockey Podcast Network. I usually say our schedule, but we're throwing that in the garbage right now because it is playoffs after every game until there's no more games left to talk about. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope you guys can join us. Yeah, great. I know uh, I know I'll be tuning in, um, at least until – my my Oilers are matched up with you guys because <laughs> I think my ideal matchup is the rematch of the Western Conference final from last year. So we'll we'll see. Hopefully both our teams can make it there. But yeah, no, thank you guys again for hopping on. Um, yeah, go give these guys a follow. They're a great listen. If you missed all those handle plugs, I'll toss them down in the description. So all you have to do is scroll and click. Um, but yeah, no, Griffin, Christian, really appreciate it. Thank you guys for coming on. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say it. It'll hurt a little bit, but I'll say it. Uh, let's go, Abs. <laughs> there, there we, we go. go. There we we go. got it out of him. Welcome we to got the it out of him. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, thanks guys. Carter. Take care. All right. Appreciate it, Carr. Thanks for having us on, my friend. Yeah. Thanks. See ya. All right. Yeah. The guys from Tell It Abs, it is Griffin and Christian. Uh, it's always a blast to have them on. And uh, yeah, they're, they're great guys over on the Hockey Podcast Network there. So uh, yeah, we will uh, take a quick break with our friends over at DraftKings. We'll, we'll quickly go over uh, the other couple games the Ducks played as well as some other things around the league. 
um, and, and around the, the team. Uh, but first, we'll take a short minute break here uh, with our friends at DraftKings, or a couple minutes. Apparently, Nate made this ad way longer than, uh, <laughs> than some of the other ones. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll take a break for a couple minutes and be back on the other side for some more Ducks talk. It's NBA playoff time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with a touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pre-game Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. So, what are you waiting for? Download the app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pre-game Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Again, that's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. All right, welcome back. We uh, got Andrew coming in just as uh, we were sending the abs guys off. So, um, but we'll bring him in now. Say Andrew saying, "Hey guys, what's up?" Hello, Andrew. Good to see you. Uh, also saying, "Where's Nate tonight? He could not be bothered to show up." So we're uh, we we had the abs guys on to fill in for him. I'm going to fly solo for the rest of the episode, and Nate will be back on Sunday for our uh, season wrap up. Don't worry, he, he will be back. Just taking the night off. Uh, we got. Emmy Odds G saying, win or lose, I stay with the Ducks. That's a great attitude. Love it. Love it very much. Um, but, you know, if you are going to pick a playoff team to hop on the bandwagon for and come off, you know, Avs aren't a bad choice, I suppose. Uh, Andrew saying, McDavid's a Canadian guy. That's true. Yeah, so if you're from Canada, you know, you could cheer for a Canadian team. McDavid, Canadian player as well. So, Andrew said it, not me. Go, go Oilers, go. That's what Andrew's saying. That's what I'm hearing. Uh Andrew's saying, if you guys come back to Carter gone or Nate's, I don't mind. And one nothing Sharks over the Flames, which makes me happy, makes Ducks fans happy, I'm sure. And uh, Andrew's saying, Carter, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Andrew. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been good. I had a good long weekend for, uh, for Easter, so uh, all full of turkey dinner and leftovers and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, how are you doing? Let me know. And uh, as well, uh, I, I forgot to mention this right off the, the bat because we took Sunday off as well. 5-4 uh, overtime loss as well to the Arizona Coyotes. So uh, that happened just on the Saturday, just before the Avs game. So, I mean, I'm not really going to talk too much about that one. It's it's happened. We lost to the Coyotes. It, it was a few days ago at this point now. So, yeah, 5-4 overtime loss. Same score as the Avs one, which was kind of interesting. But, um, 
Yeah, and then uh, second last game of the season, Canucks 3, Ducks 2. Again, not really much that I have to say about this one. A couple, couple things, but uh, we got Andrew saying I'm doing good. That's good. Good to hear, Andrew. Uh, yeah, so in this one, uh, Jackson Lacombe made his NHL debut. So uh, very, very exciting for him. We um, acquired him or drafted him. Uh, I had him up and then I, I lost it. But um, I want to say a couple years ago is when we drafted Lacombe. Uh, 2019. Oh, wow. So yeah, a few years ago, second round, 39th overall. Um, he's been playing with uh, University of Minnesota for the last few years. But yeah, made his NHL debut. No points, unfortunately, in that one. Finished a minus one. So, you know, kind of similar to Hellison there. Zero points and uh, minus one. But, you know, maybe maybe that foreshadows a Lacombe goal in uh, the next game. Maybe, maybe. We'll see. We got Griffin coming back here saying appreciate you having us on man yeah and thanks again griffin it was a blast to have you if uh, if anyone missed this they're just jumping in the live stream now and they, they missed the talk with the abs go check us out uh on the uh, hockey podcast network on your favorite podcasting platform whatever you choose that to be and uh yeah go listen to the first half of this episode with uh the guys from tell it abs it is they were uh they were a great conversation didn't didn't dump all over the ducks either they were nice and respectful about <laughs> this th- that win that they got a couple nights ago so and yeah andrew saying before covid was when we drafted lacombe yeah 20, yeah crazy how time flies hey and uh yeah, so Lacombe made his NHL debut and uh, drew Hellison in his second game of the in the NHL, as Griffin mentioned earlier, got his first NHL goal off of a nice blast uh, from the point. Good, uh, good feed from Troy Terry and Trevor Zegers there, just as they entered the zone, made space and passed it back to Hellison, who who just rocketed it past uh, the uh, Canucks goalie Demko, I believe, was in net for that, and yeah, just. What a shot. Like, if that's what we get to look forward to for this kid in, in next season and, and the seasons to come, uh, that, that's going to be awesome. He's he's a big kid. Like, where is he? I had a, his numbers up too. He's, uh, yeah, 6'3", 190 pounds at 22 years old. Like, dude's massive. So, you know, he's... We, we talked about how we got him in the Josh Manson deal, and Josh Manson was definitely that physical presence and, and just like a pain to play against in again he played up in our top four so you know was shutting down the the, the top six top nine of uh the opposing team i think drew hellison can kind of fill that role for him at like if he's 22 years old and already like almost 200 pounds and six three like that's that's huge like that's that's gonna be awesome to to see him running around just smashing guys um yeah, like pair him with a, a guy like Jamie Drysdale, like a more puck-moving defenseman, and you got yourself a nasty combo there. So I, I would really love to see that. Um, but yeah, first NHL goal in his second game there. And so, you know, really happy for him. And uh, they, they, of course, got that puck and, and taped it up. So uh, that'll, uh, yeah, be a good memory, albeit in a losing effort to the Canucks, but, you know, still, still one that you're going to remember nonetheless. So congrats to Drew Hellison there. Um, and, and then just kind of in general for this game, it was actually a pretty even matchup. Um, shots were pretty close. I think 36-35 was the final tally, just off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, 36-35 in favor of the Canucks there, 3-2 game. Um, Ducks actually outshot an opponent in the second period, uh, which, you know, doesn't happen 
like really ever you know 12 to 8 were shots in that second period and then um 13 12 for the canucks in the first and 15 11 in the third period so all, all around pretty even but you know usually the ducks get just like absolutely steamrolled so uh, yeah it's uh it, it was it was good to see a nice change of pace there but yeah unfortunately in a losing effort but also fortunately in a losing effort for Connor bedard as griffin says here uh would you accept bedard going to the sharks i just saw bedard this isn't what i wanted to read Bedard to the sharks no please uh would you accept bedard going to the sharks if it meant that the ducks got fantilly at number two? Ooh. You see, like, yeah, I think Fantilli will be a good player. I, I don't, I, like, I don't think he would compare to Bedard. And, like, I, I also just don't want the Sharks to have, it, like, any success. I, I'm happy for them to just be, like, a mediocre bubble team, just perennially. Um, yeah, so short answer, no. <laughs> no, I, I don't want Bedard to go to the Sharks, and even if we got Fantilli at number two, it still wouldn't make it better. Um, unfortunately. So, uh, but good question, though. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Ducks now with that loss, or these losses, I should say, to the Yotes, Avs, and the Canucks on a quite a hefty losing streak. I believe 13. I uh, meant to count before I got on here. Uh, one, two, three, nope, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Sorry, twelve game losing streak. I was thinking ahead to the uh, LA Kings there. Um, yeah, so twelve game losing streak. Um, they, there's, there's a couple overtime losses thrown in there in Arizona and Colorado. So, you know, still got a couple points out of the deal, but like we, the Ducks have not won since beating the Blue Jackets seven four on March seventeenth. So like almost a month ago. And then obviously we just have the Kings left for the season. Um, and, you know, we'll see how that goes. But, you know, l- looking like a 13-game losing streak to finish off the season, which, e- yikes, not good. But Connor Bedard, right? That's that's the consolation. That's the light at the end of the tunnel for us there. So uh, we got Andrew asking, how old is he? Uh, I'm assuming asking about Bedard and Fantilli. They would both be 18 or if not already, very, very close to. Um, yeah, if that's who you're asking about, is Bedard and Fantilli. Yeah, they're both both uh, young guys. So, um, yeah, we there's not really a ton of news aside from uh, Strom being fined 5000 bucks for throwing the water bottle at the refs after the, uh, the loss there to the um, Colorado Avalanche. I'm not happy with that penalty. We already kind of talked about that, but... That's that's really all. So, yeah, that's about it for news this yeah time around. So, uh, upcoming games, we just got the one. It is against the LA Kings, as we've talked about. The final meeting of the season, the final game for the Ducks this season, final game for the Kings as well. This will be a 7 p.m. Pacific time start. And uh, yeah, third meeting of the season between these two teams, the Kings taking both of the other games 4-1 back on December 20th, uh, and that game was in LA. And then 6-3 in Anaheim on February 17th, the Kings took the second one. So the best the decks can do is uh, get one so that it's not a total sweep of the season. But, uh, you know, well, I don't know. 
don't know if still I don't know if we want that. So uh, Kings looking to make it a season sweep and uh, solidify their spot at third in the division. See, Andrew says he's heading out for the night. See you, Carter. Uh, yeah, see you later, Andrew. Thanks for stopping by, as always. Um, yeah, the Kings currently sitting third in the division, uh, but just two points up on the Seattle Kraken, who uh, both of those teams have a game in hand. Or not a game in hand, sorry. One game remaining. Um, so LA loses, Seattle wins. Uh, Seattle actually has the tiebreaker. Uh, which is regulation wins at 37 um, and 36 there. So, yeah, if uh, if Seattle wins, then they tie in LA in points, but with the tiebreaker, will leapfrog up into that third spot, pushing the Kings down to the first wild card spot. And otherwise, you know, all the Kings need is a point or a Seattle loss in just in regulation, and they will hold on to that third spot and play the Oilers. So, yeah, that's how that's what, what's at stake here for this game. As Griffin said, if the Ducks win their this game against the Kings, they will finish the season with 60 points, which will be ahead of the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, who they still have one... Excuse me, they still have one game remaining, uh, but the Blackhawks also have 58 points right now, so they could finish with 60 if both of them finish tied, the Chicago Blackhawks have the tiebreaker in regulation wins uh, with 18 as opposed to the Ducks' measly 13 regulation wins. Um, so, uh, yeah, so a point by the Chicago Blackhawks um, or a loss by the Anaheim Ducks will guarantee that last spot in the West. And the Columbus Blue Jackets currently sitting at 57 points with 80 games played, so two games remaining in the season. Um, all they will need as well is just a point uh, because they also have the regulation win tiebreaker of 15 over the Ducks 13. Um, so a point will um, tie them. Anything above that, obviously, they'll pass. So Ducks odds to get the last spot and the best odds at Connor Bedard are looking pretty dang good. All they have to do is <laughs> not win. That's that's it. That's all they have to do is not win. Uh, but if they do, still possible. I suppose they just will then need a Chicago win and at least uh, three points by the Blue Jackets in their final couple games. So not that we're cheering for losses, but if we have to lose, we get Connor Bedard or a good chance at Connor Bedard. So it's almost kind of the preferable outcome at this point. Um, but even if the Ducks do win this one, we can still kind of take solace in the fact that they beat you know the state rival in uh, the LA Kings there and uh, that's that's always good too so it's kind of a win-win for the last game of the season for the Ducks honestly can't really be mad with either outcome um, yeah we uh, forgot to do predictions for the Vancouver game so we don't have that one but we will do one more prediction here um, and because Nate's not here I guess he doesn't get one which seems fair because I missed one uh, against the Blackhawks earlier so we'll both have uh Finish with 80 predictions. So what do I think for this one? And hey, I guess I can share the screen. Let's uh, get a little tally going of the... Or take a look at the scoreboard for this season. Pop this in here. There we go. Yeah. So I am currently sitting at three correct predictions for both the score and the team to Nate's one. However, he predicted the score 
correctly more times at four and the the winner at 50. Um, so depends on how you look at this, who the winner really is. But um, yeah, just for fun, let's th- let's throw one in here against the Kings. What was it? Four, three and six, three were the previous scores here. Uh, four, one, sorry, and six, three were the, the final scores for the, the Kings. Um, yeah, both teams not on back-to-backs. They will be rested. Kings actually with two days of rest. Yeah, with uh, Vancouver being their um, last game, which was on Monday. So, yeah, what do I think for this one? Um, I mean, the three-goal gap seems to be par for the course. I'm going to be a little different and go two, but uh, let's go 5-3. 5-3 maybe with an empty net for the Kings. I don't see the Ducks taking this one, unfortunately. But, yeah, that's what I'm going to say for this one. Um, how do I feel about that? I think pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. I th- Yeah, 5-3. That's, that's going to be my prediction there. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, what else we got here for the rest of the episode? Oh, yes, of course. Yep, that sound means Gulls update. And uh, actually, before we get into the Gulls update, we had an email here come in from a listener uh, that I, I just want to read off in, in, in relation to this, which is why I'm bringing it up now, uh, of all places. This is uh, from Felix out in Germany. So thank you, Felix, for listening uh, all the way out in Germany. Great to have, uh, have Ducks fans uh, from all over the world. It's, uh, it's always great. So uh, Felix says, hey, guys, I just wanted to let you know I was today years old when I found out that the mine uh, sound file for the Gulls is from the movie, movie Finding Nemo itself, not just Nate doing an impression from that movie. Uh, using the sound file, nonetheless, for my text message notification. Uh, it goes along nice with the Quack Report theme, which uh, Felix had emailed us a while back asking for the, the sound file uh, of our opening theme music for his ringtone, which we happily obliged to there. So, um, And yeah, now, now he's got the full Quack Report sound package there. So uh, thank you, Felix. Uh, we, we always love getting things from our, our listeners, whether it's DMs, comments in the chat, emails, anything like that, you know. Um, we usually don't plug our email on here just because it's uh, not like the easiest way to answer back and forth. Um, but if you do want to send us an email, it's at uh, it's quackreportpod.thpn at gmail.com. You can do that there. Um, but also at quackreportpod is where we are on all the other social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitch as well. So yeah, but you know, we're happy happy if you interact with us in any way it's it's always great so um once again thanks felix for the email uh, about the uh, gull sound effect there and the, the the mine sound effect which yes we did rip from finding nemo so but if disney asks or pixar disney slash pixar i guess asks it's we didn't but yeah so it's our little secret uh yeah so gulls update um they are winding down their season as well. Uh, the Gulls on a three-game losing streak currently. I think we talked about this one on the last episode last week. Uh, 6-3 loss on Wednesday, April 5th to the San Jose Barracuda. Um, and then since then, they played a couple games in Calgary uh, against the Calgary Wranglers. A 4-2 loss on Friday, followed by a 3-2 loss the following day on Saturday there. So... 
uh, yeah, not a, not a great way to end the season. So, well, I mean, the season's not over, but not a great start to the end of the season for the girls, I guess. Um, yeah, they've only won one game in April, 4-2 uh, win against the Iowa Wild, and the other four games have been losses so far. Um, but they st- do still have a chance at uh, saving face a little bit, obviously way out of a playoff spot. Uh, as, you know, they've been 10th like basically this whole season in the division. But uh, Friday, April 14th, they will be um, at... Or sorry, I should say, the, those games against the Calgary Wranglers, they were uh, at home, so Calgary came down. But uh, these games, they will be on the road for uh, against the Colorado Eagles. Same sort of situation where they're playing um, on back-to-back nights against the same team. Colorado Eagles on Friday, followed by Colorado Eagles on Saturday to end off the season. Which, uh, yeah, that's that's probably not what you want because the Colorado Eagles are a pretty decent team. Not as good. I mean, we talked about the Wranglers being pretty dominant already this season uh, with uh, being, them being first in the division with 104 points. Uh, the, the Colorado Eagles third in the Pacific uh, with 86. So, you know, still a ways behind uh, the Wranglers and then the Coachella Valley Firebirds who have... A, 101 points in a couple or in uh, good for second is what I'm trying to say there. Um, But, you know, 86 points is still way, way higher than the actually double the San Diego Gulls point total for this season of 43 points in 70 games uh, with the duck, not the ducks, the Gulls holding a 20, 47, two and one record. So, you know, we, we passed that 20 win mark, but yeah, that's it. And uh, that is also, just for the record, good for last in the league by a long shot uh, with the Henderson Silver Knights having that 31st spot with 59 points. So 16 points up on the San Diego Gulls. So yeah, not looking great this season at all for the Gulls. But, you know, we uh, they lost a lot of key players as we've talked about with them coming up to the big club in Anaheim. So uh, it's bound to kind of happen. But, you know, there'll, there'll be kind of another surge uh, of players, I think, coming through. Uh, Drew Hellison, I, I think, will probably play a little bit more in the AHL. I mean, it depends. We, we might see him um, in Anaheim. It, it entirely depends on how training camp goes next year. And I'm sure he'll get his, his nine games, as most rookies do. If he makes a big swing there, he might stay up with the uh, Ducks, but you know we we got a long ways to go before we can see uh, what if he's going to be up or not. We've got the off season. Who knows what we're going to acquire there? Who knows who we're going to trade for or trade away? Um, but yeah, so you know the Gulls will come back around again pretty quickly, um, and then it, they'll kind of I think grow uh, with the Ducks as well. So, um, but yeah, pretty pretty down year for both teams, unfortunately. So. Um, what was I going to say? I think, uh, oh yes. Okay. I was just going to also blast through the, uh, stats here for the San Diego Gulls players. Uh, Dylan Secura currently leading the Gulls with 44 points in 67 games. And Michael Delzato still, uh, up there as well with, you know, pretty solid for a defenseman, 41 points in 63 games. Uh, 31 of those points coming with San Diego in just 38 games. So pretty good for a defenseman. I should mention as well, Dylan Secura, um, 12 points in his 15 games with San Diego since we 
acquired him as well. Uh, Bo Grew currently sitting third on the team with 39 points in 61 games. However, he is actually called up to the Ducks. I guess I, I could have put that in the news section. Totally forgot about that. But uh, yeah, he is up. I don't, I don't know if uh, I don't think Bo Grew's played. If he did, I didn't notice him unfortunately. But um, I believe he's just uh, you know practicing with the team, and you know maybe we'll see him at some point this season. But Let's see. Oh, no, he did play against Vancouver. 15-56. Yeah, no. And I uh, apparently just did not notice that he was playing, which isn't good. Uh, minus one in that game as well, but no points or, or no shots either. So not a whole lot to show for it there. But um, yeah, I'm sure we'll see him against LA as well. So uh, finishing off the top five in stats here, we got Nicholas Brouillard, 39 points in 70 games. And rounding out the top five, Glenn Godden, 33 points in 55 games. Uh, Rocco Grimaldi still actually the most points um, with the Gulls in his 54 games, put up 56 points. But as we talked about, he got traded a while back at the uh, AHL deadline. So no longer with the team, which is why I kind of left him out, but still wanted to mention it. Um, Just other notable names, I guess, since we're nearing the end of the season. Uh, 27 points for Braden Tracy in 60 games, 25 in 50 games for Pavel Regenda. So, um, you know, decent showings for those guys, especially with where this team is. But, um, you know, uh, it, it would be, it would have been nice to see a little bit more production from those guys. But, you know, what can you do? Well, yeah, when the whole team isn't really performing. So, yeah. Uh, jumping over to goaltenders as well. We have uh, Kelly Klang, who's currently playing with the Gulls in three games, 2.28 goals against average and a 9.15 save percentage. Uh, Lukash Dostal uh, is second in goalies uh, in terms of goals against average. It's just the default sorting here. But uh, yeah, 34 games played, a 2.97 goals against and a 9.12 save percentage uh, with three shutouts in there as well. But obviously, Dostal going to finish out the season with the big club. So Dostal's number is really more just for context on how the other guys are doing. Uh, Gage Alexander in 16 games, a 359 goals against average and an 887 save percentage. So he's fallen off a tad since uh, initially getting called up to the AHL. But I mean, you know, still a a fairly decent performance uh, from him, especially considering how young he is. Uh, One shout out for Alexander as well. And then Eric Sinek, a 481 goals against average and a 852 save percentage in 20 games. So that's, uh, yeah, that's where, where he's at. So, yeah, we'll see what the goals look like in terms of a goaltending situation next year as well. But, uh, yeah, that's that's where they're sitting. So that is the goals update. We will do one more, uh, I guess, next Wednesday because the season will definitely officially be done by then i I mean technically we could do it on sunday but it's been a wednesday thing so we're just going to do it plus we're going to have a pretty packed episode uh next sunday since we will be doing our full season wrap-up we'll go through a whole bunch of stats for the team we actually missed the three-quarter uh mark of the season i just realized um yeah because we did 20 games we did 40 games and then we totally skipped over like where the team was at at 60 games played and and like the stats and all that stuff so we're gonna do one at the end of the season uh just to kind of wrap everything up and uh yeah see who's leading in goals assists, points all the stat categories 
definitely just talk in general about the season. Very, very lightly talk about um, kind of expectations for the offseason and going into next season, but we will have tons of time for that during the offseason, so we'll, it'll be a, a shallow dive just to, you know, get get the juices flowing and get the conversation started on that. Uh, and then we're also going to revisit our uh, way too early season predictions where we went through and we, we placed every team um, in the standings uh, or where we thought they would finish in the standings by division. Um, and I, I know we hit on some big ones, but I, we definitely missed on some of them uh, looking at the Boston Bruins. Like nobody had them first in the league. Um, and yeah, it's, it's going to be embarrassing to see where we actually put them because um, I know where we put them. And, it, you know, if you forgot, you're you're in for a good surprise. But uh yeah no there's it's gonna be fun yeah so we'll we'll do that on sunday well we'll record it on sunday i guess and it'll come out monday so i always forget we don't live stream those sunday ones because we used to way back in the day live stream on sundays instead of wednesdays um but we moved it to wednesday because we just wanted to try something out we got better engagement we kept it but now in my my head especially because we still record on sundays i'm just used to saying sunday so yeah we're going uh we're going Full season wrap up Monday. It's dropping wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it'll also be on YouTube, the full video version of that as well. So yeah, don't miss that. It'll be it'll be a good one. And then we'll do kind of our full season wrap up for the goals on Wednesday for the kind of last goals update of the season. So yeah, huh? I guess that's it. Hey, that's all. Um, I don't have anything for what's quacking. <laughs> this is Nate's thing usually. So. Yeah, I um, honestly didn't even think of it because it's just like not something that I usually do in, in the show prep. So it's gone. Um, I feel bad for, you know, just leaving it out there, leaving it hanging. But I will I will quickly just buy some time, check my bookmarks on Twitter and my saved on Reddit to see if I can cu- come up with anything that I saw this week that might be remotely interesting. I'm going to go with probably not. But you never know. Hmm. Yeah, no. Don't have anything. My bad. I'll make Nate find two things for next week. <laughs> for next Wednesday. <laughs> so to, to make up for it. Um, actually, you know what? Let, let's call this a what's quacking. Because sometimes we do like a mailbag what's quacking. And I see we got a question in the chat. So we'll, we're going to turn this into a what's quacking scratch everything I said from like the last minute. This is, we, we do have a what's quacking. Okay, we have uh, Dr. Rocky Bronzino from Twitch asking, with the clearance pricing on merch the last few games and the announcement the team store will be closed for a few days, do you think it's likely we see the jerseys change tomorrow? That is a very, very good question. Um, well, it, it's not uncommon for teams to do kind of like a blowout for the end of the season. Like, oh, hey, buy your jersey. Like, because, you know, obviously revenue drops off, especially for non playoff teams uh, once the season ends. So it, it is kind of a last ditch effort to just like boost that revenue a little bit. That's the accountant brain in me coming out <laughs> just to say that. But, you know, it, it's, it's just kind of a common thing. So I wouldn't read too much into that. But the interesting part to me is that the team store will be closed for a few days. Now, I don't know why that would be besides the fact that like, 
Well, I mean, no, because the Ducks played on Tuesday at home. And then Wednesday off and then Thursday we played. And unless I'm just misunderstanding because I, I didn't actually see when they were closing it. So may, like if it's over the weekend, um, like I guess I could see that. It would be, I feel like it would be kind of early to announce something like that. Like I feel like you would do that closer to the start of next season just to kind of build hype. Whereas if you did it now, it's like, oh, look at these sick new jerseys. And then you don't get to like really wear it or rep. Like obviously you can wear jerseys out on the street, like just casually. But, you know, a lot of people don't, wouldn't do that. They would just do it like at at games. Like that's really all it's for. So like it would seem kind of weird to be like, look at these new jerseys, now buy them, but don't wear it for a few months. Um, So I, I could see that being weird from a marketing perspective, but that's, you know, that's that's where Nate would come in instead of me. So, I mean, it's possible. Like, are they closing the store for a few days for some renovations? Like, you know, changing the, like, uh, promo material and, like, decorations of the team store? That's a good question. I, I really don't know. Um, Twitter. Uh, Anaheim team store. I'm just going to look it up just to, to see where the um like what when they actually are closed so i can kind of better guess here uh our team store will be closed april 14th to 16th so okay yeah so friday saturday sunday uh reopen on the 17th and then close again on the 18th Hmm. that seems weird wait when is the 18th is that sunday because then that would be that would make sense, but um, I need a calendar. So, open, or sorry, cl- open Thursday, closed Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which is the 14th to the 16th. Open on, for normal hours on the 17th and then closed again on the 18th. Yeah, that seems kind of weird. I mean, I guess it's not weird to be closed on a Monday. Like, you know, most, a lot of places are closed on Mondays because, you know, it's the traffic's just not that big people get their shopping done on the weekend and then they'll do it like kind of the middle of the week you know so they'll be like retail stores will be closed monday tuesday then open like wednesday to sunday sort of thing so um it's not holiday in the states is it be surprised no okay oh wait upcoming holidays in April. Orthodox Easter. Emancipation Day is a state holiday in Washington. Okay. Boston Marathon. But I mean, that's in Boston. So, yeah. Okay. So, no holiday. Someone correct me if I'm wrong because I'm just a, a dumb Canadian. Um, to get back to the Rock, Dr. Rocky's question here, though. Um I don't think we see a jersey change because the the team store is closed for a few days. It's an interesting thought. I I suppose it's possible. There's a small part of me that thinks that it could be it. But I I think it's it's pretty normal. Like, okay, season's done. Let's close for a few days. Um, The sale, you know, season's close to being done. 
let, let's blow out some jerseys because you know who knows who's going to be left at the end of the season. So let's let's sell what we can. Um, and yeah, so I think it's it, it, yeah, that's yeah. I, I I don't think there's much more to it than that. Um, but you know, I would be happy to be proven wrong if the Ducks uh, did a rebrand. It, it would make the, for some nice news to come into the playoffs that the Ducks obviously aren't going to be a part of. So, um, yeah. So thank you very much, Dr. Rocky, for the question. Um, I, I suppose to be seen what will happen there. Um, and, you know, hopefully before next season starts, we will have uh, some jersey change talk. I, I really do hope that the Ducks go uh, for, with the the rebrand for their anniversary coming up here. So, yeah. Once again, thank you very much for the question. All right. I feel like I have uh, rambled long enough for the back half of this episode. And uh, yeah, no worries. Nate will be back on Sunday for our season wrap-up. I will still be present as well. Uh, so yeah, sorry. Did I say Monday? I meant, or sorry. Did I say Sunday? I meant Monday. It's too late. I've talked way too long. My brain is fried. It's time to get out of here. At Quack Report Pod is where you can follow the show uh, on all of the social media platforms. At HockeyPodNet is the whole network. Um, drop down to the description for the handles for the Tell It Abs It Is guys. Uh, but you can give them a follow on Twitter as well. And uh, yeah, I am on Twitter at Carter underscore Potts, P-O-T-T-S underscore 97. If you want to scream at Nate because you missed him and you had to listen to my voice for an hour and 20 minutes, you can do that at Tate Nomas, T-A-T-E-N-H-O-M-A-S. Thank you guys once again for tuning in. Thanks, Griffin and Christian. We will be back on Monday for the final episode of the season. And go Ducks, go. Go Ducks, go.